I got my hair cut yesterday. And I thought I thought <laughs> I thought about, you know, shaving it all off to get the Pastor John vibe, you know. So <laughs> But uh I know. Oh, oh well. All right. Um Okay, um, hello everyone. My name is Taras. Uh, I'm sure most of you know that, uh, but if you didn't, well, there you go. Uh, how, how's everyone doing? Good. Doing good. Doing good. I'm doing. I'm doing all right as well. But I'm. Uh, I got to be honest. I'm a little nervous. Uh, nervous about having to come up here and speak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, obviously you guys all know. Uh, you know, I'm not normally the person who gives the message. Obviously, Pastor John is away, uh, and so I got stuck up here. Yeah. Um, uh, I've I've been up here at the front though, you know, to give announcements and whatnot. Uh, I've also been a part of some of the preaching medleys we've had here at Compass. So I got a, I got a bit of experience. Uh, but it's 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 weird today. You know, Pastor John's not here. Like, I feel like we can just do whatever we want. Like. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. Okay, all right. Um, uh, but to be real, though, uh, even though he's not here, I do have to thank Pastor John uh, for giving me this opportunity to speak on to you, members of um, uh, members of the church. Thank you for not uh, walking out of here as soon as you realize that <laughs> Pastor John's not here. But but seriously, thank you though uh, for coming to church. God is certainly pleased. Um, about two or three weeks ago, I met with Pastor John because. You know, I'd been having thoughts about going into preaching and into ministry, uh, and those sort of thoughts had they'd been on my mind for the last uh, year, I would say. Uh, and when I first started having these thoughts, like, oh, maybe I should go into preaching, right? It was only, it was just my own thoughts, nothing more. Um, like, it was just my own imagination, pretty much, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. Um, and that's kind of how it's been this past year or so. Uh, but recently, back in June, I, my school semester came to an end, and uh, I'm supposed to start back up in September. And so for the month of July and now for this month of August, I haven't really been up to much. Uh, so at the end of June, once school was finished, I was like, I, I, can't, I can't sit around for two months. I have to find something to do. I have to fill up this time. And uh, so I said, I'll, I'll use this time to do two things. Uh, number one, to look for a job. Fair enough, right? I could use some money. And uh, secondly, Secondly, it was to spend time, um, you know, with the Lord and work on my spiritual relationship. Uh, so for the past month, I've been looking for a job, but I have not found anything. I didn't, I didn't get anywhere with that. Uh, but every day I prayed, like, God, help me find a job. Nothing. I'm not getting any, I didn't get any responses to my applications. I got, I got rejected by a few places, but uh, nothing, nothing positive. Uh, but while I was looking for a job, I was also you know, trying to work on my relationship with God and, uh, you know, trying to put God first. And, and in doing that, I kind of realized, like, I was too focused on wanting a job. Like, I was all, like, I'm not focused on what, uh, what God wanted for me. And, uh, and God told me, he said, Tross, you're, you're, just, you're just chasing money right now. If you, if, you, if you really want a job, you seek me first and you can serve me in the church. And I said, okay, God, you know, I've, I know I've had these thoughts about uh, wanting to preach and God, uh, you know, if this is what you want, then let me do it. And I, I left it there. So uh, from that point on, I continued to study the Word, and uh, I happened to be watching a sermon online, and the pastor was preaching about the 
like valuing our relationship with God. And he said something that, that jumped out at me, and I'm sure you, you may have heard similar words before. Um, he said, you know what you value in life based on what you're willing to do for it. And, and that's true. Like, who, who's here has ever done something, like, for their family, right? It's because we, we value them. We're willing to do stuff for them. And the same can be said for God. You know, you yourselves can tell how much you value God by how much you're willing to do for him. And for me, when I heard that, I felt like I, I need to value God more. Like, I need to value him more than anything. I need to be willing to do more for God. And... So then I, I went, I met with Pastor John, and I told him, like, hey, God is speaking to me. He's telling me, you know, you need to serve more, and I want to do that by preaching. And in response, uh, Pastor John was very supportive uh, to the point where he said, August 5th, you're, you're, you're preaching that day. So, so yeah. Um, and and there's, there's been a verse on my mind uh, lately that kind of uh, relates to all this. It's a verse in Romans 10. Uh, it says, how how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? You know, God calls our feet beautiful. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, for me, I'm an athlete. I, I got size 15s. I've never got a pedicure in my life. Uh, like, my feet are literally anything but beautiful. But, like, honestly. Um, you know, but that's just how I see it. You know, that's how we all see it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but God is the one who calls it beautiful. That comes from his word. And, uh, you know, just because I'm the one up here speaking God's word, that doesn't mean that God looks at my feet as beautiful and only mine. Like, he sees the same for you too. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, that means you're, you take the gospel with you wherever you go. Uh, I was reading Mark uh, 10, verse uh, 17 to 30. This is the story uh, about the, the rich man wanting to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus had told him in verse 21, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, I personally read from the NIV Bible. I know that everyone has their own versions that they use. Uh, but I will say, I encourage you, if you're studying the word of God, it's important to look at other translations as well for just for insight or for clarity. Uh, now, with this particular verse, I noticed that the King James Version is actually slightly different. Uh, and if you put it on the screen now, the King James Version includes the words uh, on the last line there. It says, take up the cross and follow me. Now, you know, Jesus hadn't gone on the cross yet when he said this. So, so the man who's hearing him, from, hearing this from Jesus, you know, he, didn't, he doesn't know. Even his disciples who were there, they don't know, you know, they don't understand the significance of the cross yet. You know, but, but what about us here today? We, we're sitting here. We know what the cross means. Uh, we know that uh, Jesus went on the cross. He died for our sins. You know, but what does the cross actually mean when Jesus says, take up your cross? Like, the cross here is the gospel. To, to take up the cross means to carry the gospel, to make the gospel your life. You're, you're carrying it with you. Then if you believe in the gospel and, and follow Jesus, then God calls your feet beautiful. Because you have the good news with you. Uh, we saw last week, uh, Casey gave a great testimony of how God spoke to her. Uh, she was able to help give someone a Bible. Like, that's just such a perfect example of, of bringing someone good news. Like, that is, that's what carrying the cross is. That is, it's an example of following Jesus. Uh, but like Casey said last week, it took her uh, 
It took her multiple times to, uh, to, uh, for, for her to do what God was telling her to do. And I can certainly relate. In fact, I, I, really, I really hate to admit this, uh, but there have actually been times where God has told me something, and in my heart I know it's the right thing to do, but I, I, I don't do it out of fear. Right? I know, I, I'm, look at me, I'm a sinner. I, 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 you know, who am I to reject God's voice? Right? I, I felt like I was like Jonah from the Bible, God told Jonah to speak to his people in, in Nineveh, and out of fear, he ran the other way. Now, if you know the story of Jonah, uh, I must say I'm lucky to have not gone through what he went through, and uh, you know that is eating, being eaten by a it says a large fish. Uh, although you know now that I'm thinking about it, you know part of me wants to know like what that's like to like you know, how do you how do you mentally like process being eaten by a fish and then you know on top of that being thrown out by a fish it's just i don't know i don't get just that that's just a random thought but uh um anyways uh but what i took from the book of jonah is in the second chapter uh jonah prays to god this is after he he knew he messed up and, and the first thing he says in a prayer he goes in my distress i called to the lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You know, think about that. It, it says, he answered. You listened to my cry. There's another verse in Psalms, very similar. David says to God, uh, or, or David says in Psalm 40, he starts off by saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Amen. I know uh, last week, Pastor John uh, talked about having ears to hear. And, you know, God proclaims, and our role is to, to hear him. Uh, but on top of that, we can also say that he hears us. You know, he's there for us. Uh, Revelation 3, verse 20. Uh, I included this verse because Matthew said it was his favorite verse, so I had to throw it in there. Uh, God says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. You know, that, that to me is, is the beauty of Christianity. It, it's, about, it's about being in a relationship with God. You know, we can hear God, but God hears us as well. And uh, t- to be honest, hearing God, it's not always easy. You know, maybe for some people it is, but I find that oftentimes for myself, I'll, I'll ask God for something and I don't get a response right away. Like, who hasn't had that happen to them? Uh, you know, it might take him time to reveal something to me. You know, and I've, I've always wondered, like, God can do anything he wants in a split second. So why does he, why does he make us wait? Like, I, I hate waiting. I'm, I'm impatient. I want, I want stuff to be happening. Like, like I, you know, I, I, for example, I pray all the time, like, for people to get saved or for people to get healed, like, stuff like that. I'm like, surely God could just do it in the snap of a finger. But, like, why is there, why is there all this waiting? Like, but, uh, you know, if, you, if you've read the Bible, you know about the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. And so if, uh, if patience is a fruit of the Spirit, um, then those who have accepted Christ, those who have in turn received the Holy Spirit, shall be given patience. You know, we call it the fruit of the Spirit because it's like fruit from a tree. Uh, we get apples from apple trees. We get patience from the Holy Spirit, you know, along with other fruits, of course. But, uh, but patience is, uh, is interesting because, you know, most people like me are pretty impatient naturally. Uh, but the truth is, though, that uh, 
Patience is a, is a test of faith. And faith is what saves us. Uh, Galatians 2 verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. You know, no, one is, no one is saved by the law. You know, we're saved by faith in Christ, amen? amen? And patience is a test of that faith. Uh, remember I said at the beginning, you know what you value uh, in life based on what you're willing to do for it. You know, do, you, do you value your relationship with God? What are, you, what are you willing to do for God? Are you willing to wait on God as, as long as it takes? Second uh, Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And God is patient, but he's not slow. And so when we have to go through periods where we're waiting on God, we have to be able to trust him. But uh, earlier I confessed that there's been times in my life where God has told me to do something and I don't act on it. It's out of fear. And do you know what the opposite of fear is? It's trust. Because fear is meant to destroy, but by trusting in God, your relationship is strengthened. I'll... I'll give you guys an example. I'm a big basketball guy, so bear with me, but this is a basketball story. Um, a few years ago, there was this young basketball player. He had just made it to the NBA, just made it like, to the professional level, and he said that his very first practice, the coaches told him, hey, for practice today, you're going to have to guard our team's best player. Mind you, the guy's, the guy's 18 years old, first day on the job, and their best player. He's like 30 years old. He'd been playing pro for like 10 years already. Well-experienced guy. And on top of that, he was known for being very intimidating as well and like, like super competitive. Like, like, could you imagine going up against that on your first day on the job? Uh, and so the young player, he says, okay, I know it's challenging, but I'm going to trust uh, in my coaches. They know what they're doing. You know, let's, let's get to it. And the practice goes on and he's doing, he's doing okay. Uh, but he's not, he's not outperforming their star player what, whatsoever. But he's doing, he's doing okay. He's doing all right. He's holding his own ground. And, uh, but at no point did he back down from the challenge. And the reason why the coaches put him in that situation in the first place was to see how is this guy going to respond. They, they didn't care about his performance. They, they knew he wasn't going to outplay their star. But they're, they're looking specifically at his response and that's what, that's what God does, right? He knows we're sinners. He knows we fail, but he looks at how we respond. He, he's like a coach. He's there to help us grow. But the, the point of the story is that, yes, well, you know, God puts us in those types of situations, right? But we have to be able to choose trust instead of choosing fear. It was because the player trusted his coaches that their relationship ended up growing it was strengthened they they liked how he responded you know and the coaches even said afterwards they said you know they do this this the same thing with every young player that comes in and they test them and a lot of them fail the bible says proverbs uh three verse five trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding 
when we, when we get put in a challenging situation where we have a choice to make, do we trust in God or do we let fear overcome us? Remember, fear is meant to destroy. Trust is meant to strengthen. When we succumb to fear, it's actually it's an act of selfishness. God might be telling me to do something, but if I choose not to do it out of fear, you know, I, I reject God. By choosing fear, you reject God. Remember what Proverbs says, lean not on your own understanding. You know, and, and when God says that, again, he knows we're sinners. He knows that our understanding is flawed, but his understanding is perfect. You know, that's, that's why we need to trust in God. And honestly, it is so incredibly easy to just let fear rule you or to let fear determine your choices. Right, who's ever said this before? Can you put the next slide on the screen? Um, I don't want to do it. What if, what if something happens? I'll, um, I'm sure you guys can all relate it. I've said that. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, a few months ago, um, this was back in May. I had just gotten my full driver's license. Uh, it took me a while. I was long overdue for it, uh, but the process to get it was, was interesting. Uh, it took me two tries. I failed the first, and so I was going into that second one very determined, even a little angry, like, I'm not failing this time. I can't fail twice. You know, I'm, I'm doing, getting this done today. And um, for those who don't know, in, in BC, the difference between having an N and having your full license is uh, it's the amount of passengers you can drive. So with an N, you're only allowed one non-family member, but obviously with a, with a full license, that's, that's restrictions not there. So when they test you uh, on a road test, one thing they do is they try to start a conversation. They start having conversations with you as you're driving and uh, because you, you have to be able to prove that you're not going to get distracted while your passengers are talking to you, which I know it's a little strange, but that's fair, right? Uh, but it sucked for me because uh, if, if you know me and have talked with me, uh, you, know, I, you know I'm not the best with conversations. I'm, I'm more of a listener, like, I don't like to talk much. Anyway, so, so I'm taking this driving test, and uh, so the guy starts it off. This is a, a Friday, by the way, that's important. Uh, and he asks, you know, a very simple question. So, do you have any, do you have any plans this weekend? And I'm like, oh, no, here's the, this is the part where I have to talk. And uh, so I started thinking, like, ah, oh, what, what, what am I doing this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. Now, um, mind you, uh, this, is, this is back in May. Uh, this is while the church was still hosting Alpha, the Alpha course, and it happened to be the same weekend as the Alpha weekend or the Alpha day, which was on that Sunday. So I knew in my head, I knew that I would be doing that weekend. I knew on Saturday there'd be, you know, church in the evening, and then it's all day Sunday. That's the Alpha day. So I, I knew the answer in my head, but I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about my religion while I'm while he's testing me on my driving. Like that, just even the sound of that is so like weird and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, and you know, like it says right there on the screen. You know, I don't want to do it. Right? What if something happens? You know, what if I start start talking about church and this guy? He happens to be one of those select few that like hates Christians, hates church, and he fails me instantly because of that, right? Like, what if he's one of those? I I know, like my mind was just going to places. Um, but then I thought, 
well, if I, if I keep this inside, you know, and it's going to haunt me. I remember I'm, take, I'm taking a driving test. This is at the beginning. And, you know, if I keep this inside, it'll, it'll haunt me the rest of the way. You know, I, so much so I could maybe fail. So eventually I, I knew I had to let it out. I, I said, yeah, yeah, I got plans. And I, I kept it very, very general too. I said, yeah, I got some, some church stuff going on this weekend. And he responded, he, he goes, uh, oh, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, that's cool, so am I. And uh, I was like, you know, sigh, sigh of relief. <laughs> like, thank, thank you, God. Uh, and so, so I go through the rest of the, the, I go through the test, it ends, I find out I pass, I am like praising God. And, you know, it was awesome. But now, lo- like looking back on it, I had to ultimately choose between fear and trust. But because I, I chose to trust in God, I, I tell this person I'm a Christian, what happened? I was relieved. I, I gained confidence for the rest of that road test. I was chilling. Like, yeah. Um, uh, no, but like, like I've said, um, you know, it wasn't in this easy thing to do, to trust God. It took time for me uh, to do it. Uh, Casey said last week it took her multiple times for God to speak to her before she acted. So the question is, why can it be so hard to trust God sometimes? And on the flip side, why is it so easy to fear? Let me ask you this. Now, I'm sure we all, we can all agree that like God is here. You know, he's in this place. He's with us, right? Um, but have you ever, have you ever felt like, uh, and this can even be like in church, but have you ever felt like God is like so far away from us? Like, you know, do you ever get that feeling? Like, you know, I don't think that's a rare thing to feel because, you know, the truth is we can't, we can't see God. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the, uh, there's a Christian music group called DC Talk. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, they, have a, they have a song called, uh, it's called In My Mind's Eye. It's a song about how we see God, how we picture God to look like within our own mind. And in the song, they, they mention the wind. Like, you know, why the wind, right? Because, you know, we can't actually see the wind. But we can all go outside and know whether or not it's windy, but we can't actually see the wind. And you know what? That's the same with God. You know, we've never seen God's face, but we know he exists. It's because of his work. But still, how can you, how can you trust someone who you've never seen? That's not an easy thing to do. But, I mean, isn't that, isn't that what, what faith is? Faith is being certain of what you do not see. And I said this earlier, we're justified by faith, not by the law. You know, faith is what saves us. If, if trusting God was so easy, we wouldn't need faith. And if we didn't need faith, then how would we be saved? Because we can't be saved by the law. It's impossible. We are saved by faith. Amen? We, we have to trust God even though we don't see him. That's how we're saved. Now, to some people, actually, um, more than some, there's a lot of people uh, that could uh, care less about this idea of salvation or this idea of, like, having a faith. You know, it means nothing to them. I'll, I'll tell you a story. One time, I was, I was getting together with an old friend of mine, and uh, it was uh, this girl I went to high school with. Uh, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and so we went out to lunch. And she's, she's not a Christian, by the way, and so we're, we're having lunch, and the restaurant, uh, the restaurant had this, like, 
limited time dessert thing. And I, f I forget what it was, but I was, I was debating on whether or not I should get it. And those, those things, right? Like you feel like you got to at least try them, right? They're limited time. And so I asked her like, you know, should I, should I get this? And she goes, yeah, 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 go, go for it. And then I, I was like, are you, are you sure? And she said to me, she goes, you know, you should treat yourself. If you're not living for yourself, then what are you living for? And honestly, that, that kind of hit me kind of, that hit me kind of hard. Like, if you're not living for yourself, then what are you living for? In my head, I'm like, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I live for Christ here. But it, but it hit me because, you know, there are actually people out there who live only for themselves. They don't have a relationship with God. They don't care about salvation. You know, they care only about the things of this world. Because even us as Christians know, we know what our world is, right? It's the world we were born in. That's what we know. That's what we see in front of us is the world. And that's why it can be hard to trust God because God is not of this world. It's also why it's so easy to be afraid because fear comes from this world. The world we live in is a frightening place. You know, there's, there's not a day that I've lived on this earth where I didn't fear something. Like, I'm always fearing something. I feared having to come up here. Like, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, last week, Pastor John said, uh, there's never a good time to worry because fear sucks the life out of you. It, it is there to destroy. Pastor John said, we can't enjoy what's there because we're too worried about what might be. If you, if you have fear or worry, you need to turn to Jesus. You know, it might be easy to choose fear, but when you actually live a life when you're always worrying, it's hard and it's stressful. We all know that. But if we want to turn away from fear, we have to turn to God and we have to trust him. And to, to do that requires faith. You know, I was, I was watching this, uh, this video on uh, YouTube. It was, uh, it was like old from the 90s. Uh, it was a church youth or, or young adults group, one of those. Uh, They're doing like a study and they asked the group this question, why can it be difficult sometimes to have faith? And someone said, well, it's hard to have faith in things because things are always changing. Like, that's, that's true. Our, our world changes all the time. We, we as people change. I've looked back in my own life. I've had to grow. I've had to change as a person. My opinions on things, they've changed throughout the years. You know, I know I'm not the only one here who's, who's like that, but, but God doesn't change. You know, that's where our faith needs to go. It has to go to God. The reason why it's hard to trust people is because people change. But therefore, we should be able to trust God because we know he doesn't change. And honestly, there, there have been times that I've, that I've thought uh, like, that God does change. I feel like he switches up on me. Like, you know, one day I'll wake up and I feel like, oh, God hates me. But then, you know, the next day I wake up, he loves me. You know, it's like, that's not true. God loves you and he's consistent. And I think that's what God wants for us. You know, he wants us to be consistent. Uh, he wants us to always have faith in him. He wants us to trust in him consistently. You know, in, in basketball, one thing I've learned is how to distinguish a good player from a great player. It comes down to consistency. A good player can have a great game, but a great player 
can have a great game all the time, consistently. And uh, I remember the very first Saturday night service we ever had here. I think it was one of the first. Uh, Pastor John's message was about uh, renewing and specifically intensifying our faith. You know, because the truth is our faith is inconsistent. You know, we, may, we might be able to, you know, trust God in this area, but not in that one. Uh, and, you know, even across time, like, we might have, you know, sometimes we have, like, so much faith, and then other times we don't have as much. And, um, you know, but God wants us to be consistent. He wants us to always be faithful in, in any situation. You know, and that's, that's why we have to put our trust in God, because with him, that's how it's, it's possible. I, mean, I mentioned earlier uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But it, it continues in verse 6. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. He's, he's there to, to guide you. But we as Christians, as people, we're, we're always given that choice of trusting God or letting fear get the best of us. And fear, fear is a sin. Some, some people don't think fear is a sin. God's, you know, God says... Um, do not murder, do not lie, do not steal. And we know those are sins. God also says, don't be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear is a sin. But we know, we know God's desire for us is, is not to sin. He doesn't desire for us to sin. He wants to do the opposite. He wants to bless us. And the truth is, there are people, Christians, maybe some that are here today, they, they live in fear. They're sad. You know, they... They say, I, I, I can't always trust God, but I, I know I'm supposed to follow him. There, there are people who hear that know they're supposed to be serving God. You know Jesus is supposed to be the God of your life, but fear is deceiving you. I've said this twice already. I'll say it again. You know what you value in life based on what you're willing to do for it. So if in your mind, you know that your relationship with God is the most valuable thing you could have. It's what saves you then you know you have to go all out for God. And when you go all out for God, that shows God that you value him. But if you come to church and you respond with, God, I, I can't, I don't know, whatever. It is, it is what it is. You know, I'm so guilty of that, by the way. You know, but that shows that you don't value your relationship with God. If you value your relationship with God, then you can receive his blessings. We, we have a choice of trusting in God or letting fear get the best of us. Joshua uh, 24 verse 15 says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. On the second line there, choose, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Who will you choose to serve? You know, for those that want to serve God in the fullest, you have to be able to trust him and you need to value him over everything. And I know that most, if not all of us, want God's blessings. But let me ask you this. How can you, how can you expect God to give you his best if you're not willing to give your best? Church, I tell you, be deceived by fear no longer, but live for Christ. Trust in God. God, God chose you to be the bearer of good news. Each of, each of you, by trusting God, you can all affect eternity permanently. And, like, think, think about that. You can affect eternity permanently. Is that not powerful? 
That is the truth. God calls your feet beautiful because you carry the good news and you can bring that good news to people. You can affect eternity permanently. God has empowered you to do so. Amen. Amen. So, church, I'm telling you, do not let fear rule your lives any longer. Allow God to enter. Trust in him through the Holy Spirit. He has empowered you to do his good work and he desires for you, his children, to be blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, I, I pray that your presence would be felt amongst your people tonight, that you would speak to those that need to hear your voice. I pray for those today that, that do hear your voice, that they wouldn't be shy and turn away, but they would receive and they would respond. I pray for this church that we would no longer be deceived by fear, but we would choose to trust in you. God, by your Holy Spirit, you've, you have given us all the power to do what your will asks of us. God I, God, I pray that we would not waste that, but you, O oh Lord, would use us. I pray that we would willingly get up and serve you, God. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.